We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Jacked Ramsey's live show. I'm your host, Danny Marine, joined as always by Brandon Sprague. It's a late night, Brandon. It's a it's a Jacked Ramsey's After Dark celebratory special hitting 2,000 subscribers. We wanted to get there before Thanksgiving. I was an idiot and thought that we were getting a little close, a little bit spicy. But thanks to a wonderful community, we are now over 2,000 uh, and growing uh, at last count. And last count, hold on, let's let's get the updated count. I think we're up at 2005. All right, shout out 2005. Thank you, everybody. Let me just say, first and foremost, thank you, everybody. Um, the support means a ton. The interaction we get on social media, the interaction we get on the chat here, um, it's it's been a hell of a ride. It's 16 games into this season. It's, what, just a little under two months into this journey. Mm-hmm. And um, I, we've had a lot of fun doing this. We've got a lot of great things planned coming up. But to be able to achieve this goal, first of all, thank you. Second of all, yes. Danny's an idiot. Um, I think it was, <laughs> let me check my watch, four days ago, uh-huh. you had a, oh, nobody subscribed to our podcast today. It was like one day you were worried we weren't going to meet we had, our we, had, we had like two subs that day because we had been hitting like 10, 15, 20, 40, 30. But I think it was because we had an off day. And I was like, we only had like two subs today. And, and yes, I said, folks, don't I worry. I track this stuff because I'm a giant nerd. Oh, he is an absolute nerd. So I said, don't worry about it. And uh, the people got us. So we appreciate the support. You guys really do. Uh, shout out Harold Little, father of, of Nas Little for uh, for the plug and uh, Matt Moore, yep. uh, HP Basketball and everybody out there who's helped us grow. Like it's been it's been nuts. Um, we've got quite a bit planned, but we'll take a ton of questions. This is where there's no time limit pressure of trying to crunch everything in and uh, oh wow! Somebody just benefited us, and they called us Branny. <laughs> I think I like that more than Danden. Danden sounds like uh, uh, the reject name for 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 Bandon Dunes. It, it does. It's like some town. Da- like, Danden hey, Danden Boons. Yeah. What if they're like? What if we make an executive course and we charge lesser rates? Let's call it Danden. I, I would listen if they called it Danden Boons. I would buy a huge <laughs> lifetime membership. That would I'd get be. a hat for sure. Oh yeah, are you kidding me? Just to make people go, sure, I'd say Danden Boons, not Bandon Dunes. Yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah. No, though, it was it was somebody. There was a mistake in China. Killer putt putt course. <laughs> so we should actually open a putt putt course and call it 
Danned and Bones. We, we definitely wouldn't get sued at all for that. There's, there's, there's no way we would have any kind of liability. Um, do we want to start with the crappy stuff? Do we want to start with the Olshay stuff? Yeah, let's get that out of the way. I'd rather talk about the the positives that everything we've seen else a... afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you want to give your thoughts first? Or you want me to go first? Um, you know, I think, know, I think I'll, we're probably both in the same boat now. Yeah, I'll go first. You know, this it stems from some stuff like so. You said something to me, and I'll allow you to say it. But you said something to me that I thought was interesting, a little eye opening. And then I thought about it yesterday after the game and after the post game pod. So quick was on, he comes on our station 1080 every, yeah. usually every Thursday, but he was on a week or two ago and he was talking about the old Shea stuff. And while in that moment, he basically said, it's not looking good for him. It's probably over. He made one note that I thought back to yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's where this comes into play. And he said inside that organization, he's got supporters. And it's, you know, it's a one thing to have some support. He, he basically framed it as he, he's got more than you think. And here's where the interesting part of this is, because the Woj story came out today. So if you're running, let's say you're a Jody Allen type, you're running an investigation. You've got this guy over here. He's got toxic workplace allegations mm-hmm. and you're running an investigation. You tell me how you rule in the favor of the people citing the problems to eliminate him and move for a cause to not have to pay him 20 million. How do you do that? If you have five people saying it's a toxic workplace and you have 10 people saying he's great. I've never had a problem. I don't know where this would come from. I don't know how that stuff works legally. Obviously I'm not smart enough for it, but that's kind of what I've been thinking about today is if he comes back, it wouldn't shock me that that's the reason you have like an odd number of, you have more support than against. And in that case, I don't know how you can legally make a case that the dude has to be fired for cause. This is, and I mentioned this, I don't don't know if I said it live or not, but um, you and I have talked about this plenty. If you're going to come for the King, you can't miss. You can't wound the king. Can't do it. And I I start to wonder, the longer this drags on, were there some people who, regardless of where they land, just weren't talking? Just kind of gave them a word salad. Ah, you know, I've heard this, but I've also heard this. Just sitting on the fence. And it's got to be one way or the other. And so... Everybody that I have talked to, locally, nationally, plugged in, every last one of them but two from the jump believed he would be gone. Yep. Two people out of probably 60 that I've talked to, maybe more, two were like, he'll survive this. Here's the issue beyond everything else. And we can talk about that ESPN article, which... Ooh, that was a doozy. Uh, yeah, I was, I was very confused by that article. Well, I mean, there wasn't a bifurcate in there, so you couldn't identify that it was Neil right off the bat. But <laughs> Well, my thing with that is, like, dude, you are the most plugged-in reporter in sports. What are you getting out of defending and, 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 and parroting 
for that guy. That was Neil's next... talking points. It was a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent Neil. Yeah. We, every time Woj has something on the Blazers, it's Neil. Like yeah. that's spoiler alert. It's Neil Olshay. He likes to play this game like. Well, it's the media, guys. We didn't say anything. It's like, bro. We well, we didn't actually have a, a legal press release, but it's like. Did you see a tweet from us? Yeah. You didn't, did you, Chase? Yeah. Um, but my my confusion on it wasn't so much that he threw up the Neil Olshay stuff. It was more like, dude, you're, you're Woj. The, the next general manager they get in. They're going to uh, feed you. They're going to feed you, too. Yeah. What are you benefiting out of this i i just i thought it was weird i thought it was dumb um the coaches have something similar it doesn't seem to really help them all that much so this no. just basically felt like an assist to neil to help him keep his job in any way it was a very very weird or uh article but beyond that and this is something that, that we did talk about on air is what happens if he's not fired after all of this and he comes back we're screwed. <laughs> I mean, his contract doesn't end until 2023, 2024. That's two more seasons from right now. And there's no way in hell he'll be, be vindictive, right? There's no way in hell he'll feel like he's invincible, right? That, he, that he's, that he's proved – that he's, yeah. he's going to be proved right? Yep. So um, – Yeah, it's not like everybody locally that doesn't like him has not said how they feel. And then even the people that like him – or, you know, kind of work with him in, in regards to reporting. They all say the same thing. He's an asshole. I mean, they all admit he was an asshole. They basically <laughs> all came out and said, doesn't look good, not great. No. Like, th that. all that's been out there, and this dude has been sitting in his Laco mansion, reading, listening, watching oh, he all listens, of this shit. He reads. He, trust me, folks. He's, yes. He's, he's obsessed. He's, he's a narcissist. I mean, come on. And so, here, let's go, let's go grand scheme. Those same people who are very plugged into the league, very plugged into this team, who I've talked to about this whole situation, if they bring him back, not only does that happen with you have that issue with Neil and his power and his ego and all that crap and how he'll basically feel unchecked, which he has been since Paul has passed, but you also now have the top, top leadership not giving a single shit. Not one. Mm -hmm. Because it is, if that is the case, and he comes back, this was never, ever about how absolutely bleeping stupid he made the organization look. About how bad he has been at every major crossroad. It is about one effing thing. Money. And if that is the case, sell the goddamn team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I, I do not want that to be the case. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Jody, sell the team. Get away from it. Get it off of it. That ain't happening, though, man. Because if that's the case, this 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 organization is going to rot until it's sold. But but isn't? Let me tell you this though. Like, we already know this. It's not. It's it, it's only about they could they could the change, money. but they could make a real change. They could make a real change. I agree with you. And the basketball side of things could change. You could fire this guy for. All right his basketball decisions. Right now. It's it's not hard. And you can say it's 20 million. I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna make whatever the revenue share and whatever I get in ticket sales, even if they're declined a little bit, merch, all that. They got new jerseys, like they're gonna make money this year. They got There'll their new they got the new team. StockX sponsorship. Yeah, like she's gonna make money, and yet she's gonna look at it and go, Well, I don't wanna lose 20 million of the money I'm gonna make. That's what this has always been about. Otherwise, if you wanted to get rid of him. You would have. He's he's not made great decisions. Let's just be honest, folks. Like this defending is if he's some good GM. He has been mediocre. He's a run of the mill mediocre GM. He is a mediocre general manager. This is it's okay to say that. He it, is. It, let's let's say this. This isn't me being vindictive. What do you think if you had given any GM in the league, how good would they look with Damian Lillard? Because that's what he was he was given Damian Lillard. They would he make was the playoffs LaMarcus every year. Aldridge. Yes. If you're giving those two guys on day one, you're you're gonna be successful. Yeah, especially LA in his prime, by the way. Like so it's just Does it reek? Let me say this too, though, for the for the crowd that is being interviewed or was interviewed by the investigators, right? The ones you mentioned, the on the fence ones, it's fair to start I think it's fair to say this out loud. It, this is probably at this point about job preservation, because if Neil goes, how many of those people attached to Neil would probably follow because they go for a rebuild or they bring the new guy and he goes, I don't know you. I don't know you. Here's the thing. They don't have a ton of staff, though. 
They because don't. They, I they know. They have a brand but, new coaching staff with everybody else that came with that. But that's what I'm kind of I'm thinking of all of these scenarios. Is it job preservation? What is it? There's because certainly a part of it. But the basketball side of it doesn't make sense. But on again on the business side, those guys probably have contracts too. So would yeah. you see that cleaning of house? And here's the other thing. Hmm. Let's say they let, let's say what we're reading the tea leaves wrong. That the, they're dragging this out because they want to make sure. If it is about the money, let's say they get out from underneath the deal. Does that mean they're going to go spend the money on Danny Ainge? Or are they going to look to go somebody like Eversley in Chicago who would be a first-timer who would be cheaper? And that's not a shot at Eversley. No, I mean he hasn't. He's never had that job before. No, and I, and I do believe he's going to be a, a, a good GM. He's on that path to being that guy. But when everybody keeps saying, "Oh, the first call needs to be to Danny Ainge," does it? He's going to demand the most. That's not <laughs> the question. Danny Ainge is getting probably ten, twelve million a year. Neil's getting ten million a year. <laughs> what, what do you think Danny Ainge is getting? Yeah. So when you look at that, I look. I just go. It doesn't make sense. And then I've seen some folks here in the comments. One of the things that people are talking about is the whole idea of like, will would Neil take a buyout? I don't know. I am not that plugged into. I thought into, the report just came out a week ago. Says he's not willing to do that, right? But Didn't if he, he says he's gonna even, fight, even if they got him up to like, let, let's say they owe him thirty, let's say they owe him up upwards of, of twenty eight thirty million. Let's say they gave him twenty. Would that be enough? I don't think so. Well, he's not gonna. He may not get another job in the league. I mean, but even then, I don't. I think his, his ego and pride would, would take over at that point in time. And again, this is me just talking out of my ass, but yeah. just from what I've heard and and what folks have said to me, that it's it's more than about money for him here. You could get twenty million dollars, and you don't have to live in the Podunk Portland town. Which you hate you so much. You secretly don't like it that much. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Secretly, man. well. He likes to get ice cream at uh, with his kids. <laughs> so, yeah, the longer this goes, the less optimistic I am. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if it's, I, I I don't know if it's it. a straight line. Yeah, like the like the longer could... it goes, the, the the more likely it is that he stays. I just start to wonder, like, what's happening here? Well, okay, so here's here's the rebuttal, though, on the other side of it, right? As mm-hmm. nervous or scared as we sound just from a Blazer view perspective, you could say if you're going for cause and you hire an in, an investigative law firm, like... Let them do their due course. Go through the process to have the cause. Which That's would be a lot hilar- of money. It would be hilarious that they... Spend ten thousand dollars on a guy who's got cuckold porn all over his Twitter account <laughs> to not make a phone call, a single bleeping phone call on a background check on Chauncey. Yeah, and that's a proprietary investigation. But the actual proprietary, long-term, drawn-out investigation ends up being his career tombstone. Yeah. Mwah! Oh man. God, that'd be poetic. Where would you put the percentages right now on just maybe what you've heard or what you feel? 
I was at like 90-10. He's done. Like so was everybody. I, I mean, yeah, you, I you and I talked to the same people locally and, and nationally. <laughs> yeah. I was feeding you what I was being told from other guys. Yeah. And everybody but two people, and you know who those two people are, said he gone. Whether I talk to agents, whether I talk to media guys, whether I talk to execs, scouts, assistant coaches, everybody has heard it. And it was the same thing. There is no, nobody has ever undertook one of these investigations and made it out. Right. That was why it was such a done deal for so many people. And if all of a sudden he's the bulletproof monk here. Man. I'm Where just, does the team, what does the team go from there? If he comes back? Spiraling. Like spiraling. You, oh, you don't think he makes a move? Like. Because if we're just talking basketball, no, I, I think if anything, he just puts him up on the table. God, that's... oh, you think you can come at me? Let me show you. He'd have to do it in a more professional manner, though, since he just survived an investigation. He'd do it. He'd be doing it mentally and quietly. Oh yeah, you know. But I don't. I don't think he would. I don't think he'd make a big move at all. God. Well. Good night, everybody. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for subscribing <laughs> to the podcast. Oh, like, rate, review, subscribe, do all of the things, right? Uh, I saw uh, one of my uh, – he interned on the radio show. I, I follow him on social media. He, he listens to the pod once in a while. His name is uh, Pete. He, he, had a, he had a really funny tweet this morning. He said, it'd be the most blazer thing ever to release that Neil has been fired at 3 o'clock on Thanksgiving when we're all eating and nobody's checking their phone. <laughs> Nobody but me. I'm sitting there – Doom scrolling like, please happen, please happen, please happen, please happen, please happen. Uh, Eric Peterson says, remember the 12 hours we thought Spolster was a possibility is the only thing that makes me think someone at the top one's the best for this team. Um, here's the thing. Uh, it was uh, longer than 12 hours. Well, where's that person right now? How is that person okay. not having a say in this situation? That person is the one I was getting information from is about as plugged in as they get. And I have not heard a peep from them. So that's great. Yeah. And remember, I gave you the uh, little inside baseball. I gave you the Spolstra stuff a month before that came out. <laughs> and you told me I was absolutely insane. I still think you are. <laughs> they can both be true. They yeah, can both they, be they, true. They can both be true. Uh, shout out Rackety in the chat. Mike Serrano. He says he, he wants to know if you want to come play some Halo with him right now. I don't own a video game system. Yeah, I know. I just I I I I we love can, we can pretend. I love that you and Joe Simons are the most video game averse people on the face of the planet, and you're both. I, I don't hate video games. No, I'm you're just, just you're just bad at them. Yeah, no, yeah, and I'm you're both golf crazed. When uh, oh, dude, I was I practiced my chipping and putting today for about an hour and a half. It was a it was a disease. Um, when they added joysticks, <laughs> that's when you that's when you're out. <laughs> like they had the Nintendo controller. I was like, oh, up, down, right, left, two buttons. We got this. I dominated. And then they're like, hey, they got this game called Goldeneye. There's a joystick in the middle, and there's a button on the back. And I was like, the hours, what? Days, the, the literal weeks that, of my life that went into that game. 17-year-old Danny was, was, was a odd job, Goldeneye, just monster. That's my best, best childhood friends, when Goldeneye came out, I actually dreaded birthday parties because it was just going to be golden eye on the big screen tv with the cardboard it was going to be them <laughs> playing golden eye for three hours talking shit mm -hmm. doing tournaments 
And it was going to be me in a driveway playing basketball all alone. Nobody wanted to play three on three. And I was just like out there like, I hate this video game. If I could break the video game, I would. See, we did both. We, we typically did both. It, I mean, we eventually would play basketball, but I'd be out there for well, like two oh, hours. Oh, yeah, you, you get the, like the, the, the golden eye fights would turn into like, okay, we need to go play basketball. And then the fight would turn into, into a basketball game. And it was that was usually the natural transition. It was like, let's go outside. Let's take this outside. Well, nobody would ever want me on their team because I would try to shoot everybody with a sniper rifle as I'm walking around. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing here, man. You're doing the one stick at a time move yeah oh, god I'd, I'd be i'd be knife guy i'd be like this is they're shooting me in the head and be like oh why did i die so quickly we uh we had an xbox at the studio and we tried to get joe to play um apex legends one time don't and even it, know what that is uh, uh battle royale uh first person shooter so oh okay okay uh it was the most painful experience i was like it teaching my parents was easier than teaching Joe. And it was just mm. pure bliss. Just, I need to hang out with Joe more often because this sounds like exactly what my problem is. This is basically a second language to me. Oh, it's yeah. not a language I'm interested in. No, just don't, just, you know, feed him some, some booze on the golf course and you'll be great. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, <laughs> let's get into some basketball because I was as I was driving to go grab uh, some celebratory Thai food dinner tonight, I... Um, I started thinking about this season in general and how little time I've had to talk about basketball, about the team, about the shit that matters and like why I love this game and why I love this team. And I was like, man, it's just been like more shittery. I just more after another bad vibes. Neil is Dame healthy. Just, you know what I mean? Is Dame happy? Yeah. Is Dame happy? Just, it hasn't been fun. And that's, I think was one of the, the driving factors of like, just get Neil the hell out of here. Like get some new blood in here. Like, look, can we, can we make basketball fun? 
Well, like, you know, I, I think you're you're right, right? Like, that's why we did this pod to talk about basketball. But sometimes when your team puts themselves in these positions, it's it, it kind of takes precedent, man. Yeah. Like I and we knew I, this was coming. I saw Chad earlier today. He was on he was on Twitter and and somebody somebody said, like, oh, we, we don't want to start acting like Philly fan. And I, I get the sentiment, like, right, you don't want to throw batteries at, at Santa Claus, but Chad said something, I think he hit the nail right on the head. And I've mm-hmm. I have felt this way probably since I was a kid. Sometimes you need to be a little Philly. Yeah. Sometimes you need to call out the team. You you can't always be standing by and be like, I'm going to the game. There's nothing to boo about. Yay, we're down by six now. It's like we sometimes in this city give that team too much of a pass. All of it. And right now is a time where that team doesn't deserve, not the players, but the organization. Like, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm kind of disappointed we haven't had one fire old shake chant while Jody's been at the last two home games. Not one. Yeah. Perfect opportunity. Perfect opportunity. Sing it from the heavens. She would hear it. It doesn't matter if oh, she acknowledges are you kidding me? it. She... Larry Nance Jr. heard Larry, Larry. Larry, right. So, like, sometimes it's good to hold organizations to higher standards. We we are one of the most loyal fan bases in sports. For almost anything. It, and this it team took... hasn't won a title in 50 years, and we're still, like, there every single night, and they keep giving us this shit sandwich, and we're like, it it could taste worse. Yes, it's like... and it's like... It you can't keep taking it on the chin, and this yes. I have said this before, and it's pissed a lot of Portland fans off. I've said this over the years, and that is, I'm from LA. I grew up rooting for teams that championship aspirations are the expectation. I'm a Cardinals fan. Second most World Series in baseball. Like they they are routinely building towards a title competitive team. And laugh at USC over the last couple of years, obviously, or decade, I should say. But my formative years was the best program in the country by a large mm-hmm. margin. I'm an LA Kings fan. They've got Stanley Cups. I'm a Raiders fan who has seen their team at least go to the Super Bowl and seen multiple iterations. Again. If you lose by 40, did you really go? Yes, you did. But still. They still. Yes, I get what you mean. In yeah. my lifetime, there have been two teams for the Trailblazers, the Drexler era and the late 90s eras, who had a legitimate chance. Mm-hmm. You could make an argument for the Roy Aldridge-Odin team if they had been healthy. Wow. I would, you really I, can't. You can in the hypothetical yes. sense. You really can't, though. I mean, but I, I, would, I, would, I would buy into that. You know what I mean? Sure. sure. But Dame's nev- Dame has had one single year, one year, of hey, that's a really good damn team. Like, I could see that team making a noise in the Western Conference Finals, and if they messed around and end up in the NBA Finals, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. That's it. One time in nine years for Dame. And so, listen, I, I know that there's there's teams like the Kings that haven't made the playoffs since, what, 2004. Cool. That's because they're a shitty organization. The Blazers are, have not historically been a shitty organization. They were a team that has the longest playoff streak in modern professional sports history. Multiple NBA Finals appearances. Most teams don't have that. They are the exception. So 
settling for 45 wins in a first-round exit and not going beyond that isn't good enough. After the first couple times, you just you get to the point where it's like, can can we? I mean, is there anything we could do to 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 be a little better? You know, like um, I, I I may have said it on this pod, so apologies if anybody heard this. But when I was reading the Giannis book, the I think it was like the the third or fourth chapter. Like there was a blurb in there about the Bucks. Giannis was this prospect that nobody in the NBA really knew about, and when they caught wind of him, he couldn't come work out in America, and everybody had to fly to to, to Greece to mm-hmm. go watch him play, and he was so raw. And the competition wasn't great. That guys would fly back and go, I, I'm not that guy. I, were, I'm not. There were that two guy. teams that were interested right. in him. So the Bucks were interested, and the Hawks. Danny Ferry wanted him. Danny Ferry Bad. was foaming at the mouth for him. And the funny thing is, when it came down to it, Danny Ferry, probably the biggest advocate of Giannis of anybody in the NBA, he was unwilling to make the trade necessary to move up to draft him. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks. Um, uh, President GM, I forget, John Horst. Uh, 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 that, uh, oh, God. Horman? No. Uh, it's an H. Anyways. Yeah, I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, it was Horst. Yeah, H-O-R-T. Horst. Yeah. He, he had a blurb in there, and it basically said, look, the owner doesn't really care. The owner just wants this team to exist, and if we make the playoffs, he's happy with that. It was Senator... Um... Trying to think of the old owner. Slappy face. Yeah. <laughs> the fans were lethargic. They didn't care about basketball in Milwaukee. But he had a, a viewpoint of why we're not signing LeBron. We're not signing never Wayne Wade. We're not getting – we're in Milwaukee. It's yeah. cold as hell here. So let's – you got to take that that jump. And the day of the draft, he, he wasn't even 100% convinced of what Giannis was or was going to be. But he said he's 6'9". His, he's freakishly athletic. He's lengthy. They had looked at his growth plates and said he might grow an inch or two. Turns out he grew like three or four. Like, and he has a blurb in there. He's like, we're Milwaukee. We got to swing. Like, this is the way we can win. And he drafted him. And I, I, again, that's a rare instance, right? Like, only so many Giannis's exist. But my point is, like, I, I read that view. I read it three times back over and over because I just thought, now that's a guy that gets it. That's a guy that knows what his situation is and says, how can we get past a certain point? You got to take mm-hmm. swings. You got to gamble, right? We said this in the summer with Simmons before the mental stuff. It was, if you fail with the Ben Simmons thing, I won't sit on this pod and trash you. I'll go, it sucks. It didn't work. You stepped up and you swung. You swung and you, you took a swing and it didn't work, whatever. Just like, don't go down staring. But just, yeah, it's just... It's like playing poker and you're only willing to gamble if you have kings, if you have pocket kings. and it's You're like, the big blind and you got pocket kings. Everybody's going to know when you're bluffing. Yeah. And, and and that's kind of what it's felt like Portland's been in now for two, I want to say three, but they got you, to the West can, Finals. But two You seasons. can still say three because. That, that's fine, but whatever. But two seasons, like this should happen. The summer should happen the previous summer, but because of the ownership situation and our GM's like ego they have it and that's where you end up and that's i've been kind of ringing this bell for like three four years i said this on the blazers edge podcast and i got a I got a shit ton of like oh you're you're not a real fan if you don't support this team through thick and thin you hate this team you're a big market guy da, 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 da. it's like 
No. What? The reason I'm hard on any team is because I want them to do well, not because I want them to suck. I want Oregon to suck. <laughs> <laughs> I want Oregon to suck. I want the Lakers to suck. I want the Patriots to suck. Like, those things I want to be bad. Yeah. The things that I root for, I don't want them to suck. I want them to be great. And I want them to build towards something. And it's okay to call out something that's not great. You don't have to... Just because it's yours, you don't have to lift it up. It's okay. And that, that's something that's always kind of... It's kind of irked me about this market. Well, you know, that I think it you know personally kind of irks me about society. Like, because... I've had a lot of stuff personally happen in my life um, with family and stuff. And I, you know, it's not a claiming to be perfect thing. My thing is my last couple of years, just in my life mm. has been, what are your flaws? Where are your flaws? How do you fix flaws? How do you accept what your flaws are? And I'm one of those people, like I can sit in a room with people and you can clown anything about me. Like you could call out, whatever it is about me that that may be imperfect stupid questionable all of that and i'm not one of those like get super mad types i'm more of a i'll just laugh with you and go mm. i'm absolutely shitty in that regard no doubt about it but a lot of people have have trouble with that like when you call people out on their flaws or something they said or did it really offends people i don't operate that way mm -hmm. and I, I think that's what you when you get to the situation with the team, you're dealing with a lot of that. Like yeah. instead of, and, and here's the thing, this is how you kind of get into some of the good stuff with this team this year. This is what blows my mind is that dude has been reluctant to make the necessary moves. And yet he could make the necessary moves and still puff his, uh, you know, put his chest out because you can look at the roster and say, Oh, there's two young players that man, when they're getting minutes. And when you look at the most efficient lineups of this team, I drafted those guys. I drafted those guys. We helped develop them here. Like you could quickly pivot from one and say, well, you know, we wish him well. We tried hard. We had a great run and we could say, but I have the replacements already here and we're going to add to the depth. And he just, there's some block about doing that. That's mind boggling to me. It's crazy. They have, they have never made a preemptive trade other than one. <laughs> and it was the Aflalo trade. That's it. Right, which, by the way, I, I, I have been on the record. I give him a ton of credit. That was a good move. It's not his fault that that Achilles went, man. I, I hated that move because I, I, I believed in Barton, but regardless. Well, no, no, that, that's at, fine. At, that's least, fine. at least, like. But he added necessary wing depth. Their bench yes. sucked that year, right? Which is funny because if you go back and look at the, the names on the bench, it was. They're not that bad. Yeah. It's CJ McCollum, it's Will Barton, yes. and uh, who there was one other guy on that bench that I was like, God, that was in name recognition. That's a really good bench. But Terry was reluctant to play young guys. Yep. And Neil, look, when Neil wants a guy to play, they'll play. So Neil clearly wasn't quite pushing that on Terry the way that maybe someone would have hoped. Sure. Um, that's enough. Um, uh, Jack Ramsey's downers. Let's 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 pivot into some into some fun here. Um, first of all, thank you all for sticking through. Uh, it's a live show, so appreciate y'all. And, and I, I'm watching the chat. I can really just kind of chill and kind of see this, folks. You're, every time I see this, Damian Lillard's not getting traded. <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna restart a franchise without Damian Lillard unless he forces his way out. That's he's never getting traded unless he demands it. That's it. Period. Point blank. 
Um, but thank you all. Like, rate, review, subscribe. And thanks again for getting us the 2,000. If you are watching here live and you aren't subscribed here on YouTube, go ahead and click subscribe. And then uh, go find us on your favorite podcast platform and like, rate, review, and subscribe and download there. Uh, you know what? Let's let's get right into the fun stuff. I mean, I just I try to get us kind of out of the, hey, the reality of some of the situation to Ant and Oz have been a lot of fun this yeah, year. Yeah, no, and that's literally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot into Larry Nance Jr. Uh, I love it. And uh, the, the headline here is closing time. And is Larry Nance Jr. now the most important non-Lillard player? I don't know if I believe it, but I started to ask Ooh. that question because of how he makes the team better. And I'm going to pull some, some numbers here shortly, actually okay. probably right after this, uh, to kind of highlight this. I, I well, God, without looking at defensive numbers in the last couple of days, it's going to be hard to say no. But I'm, uh, I think I'm still going to lean Norm. Ooh, that's a spicy one. It is spicy, but you know the thing about Norm is, and we saw this yesterday, right? Like we mentioned on the post game, Norm plays with a lot of fu attitude, mm, and love Norm doesn't get down on himself if he if he's missing shots. Norm brings the energy. He brings kind of this never quit. Oh, I don't care if I missed. I'm getting back on defense. Or he has oh, one switch. To get on the break. He he is always on. And this starting lineup has largely been a disappointment. And I think that is important. I think having at least one of the guys in that starting lineup show that kind of urge and that that energy has been really vital for them. Now, again, yeah. I can't argue with the defensive metrics and what Larry means in that regard. But I, I don't know if I would say it's Larry outside of Dame. I, I, I want to give Norm his credit because I think Norm's had a lot of nights where he's done some really good things for this team. And we kind of point at a couple other guys instead. Norm's been valuable. I'm going to say Norm here. It might be a little spicy. I get it. Uh, but, um, I like it. That, I mean, like I said, that, that it's certainly uh, – that that is not a cold take by any means. Uh, I, I looked at that and I was like, okay. <laughs> I did not expect that because I have often said that I, I look at Nurk over the last couple of years when he's been healthy as the second most important blazer because he does things on the roster nobody yep. else does. Mm-hmm. Well, Nance is doing that, but also doing it efficiently while being switchable and being more mobile. So for me, I, I think I'm getting there. I think, and it was crazy to say that about a guy who's not a starter right now. But when it's all said and done, night after night, if I said that from here on out, both guys are 100% healthy, not barring in, in any injuries, that Nance ends up playing more minutes than Yusuf Nurkic, would you be surprised? No. So if you're looking at importance... What have the minutes been the last three games? I mean, he's probably had more minutes than Nurk, right, the last three games? Back and forth, I think it's been right about the Is same. Is it close? Yeah, okay. it's pretty close. Um, but it's trending. It's trending, Larry. Yeah, and I think that when you're talking about importance, even if Nurk is starting, I still think Nance probably ends up starting here soon. Instead of Cove, I think I think Cove's sitting down. Uh, if not, I think it ends up being a situation where Cove gets the Noah Vonley treatment. He may get the ceremonial start, but Cove or uh, Nance gets. Uh, a, a, a quick jump, you know, four minutes, five minutes in, and then he plays a little bit of four, then come, then slides up to five, then Nas or somebody else comes in. So I, I'm looking at cleaning the glass right now, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to fill me in if I'm missing it. 
I'm seeing right now the 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 lineup with Nor or with Nurk and Larry, twelve possessions at plus eleven point seven differential. Yeah, it's a very they don't do it a lot. It is only played together a couple different possessions. And here, let's let's get to it now. Um, you guys in the chat, what you guys can discuss if if Nance is the, is that guy for you or not. And I'll, I'll just kind of scroll back through, but I'll put this up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, and for uh, let me let me blow this up a little bit so people can see it. Whoop! Whoa. All right. So, for those that don't understand the context of this, this is from cleaning the glass. This is the the most recent lineup data. And Brandon, I've got it sorted by possession. So if you want to pull it up on your so you can see it, um, the starting lineup has the most possessions by far, four hundred twenty nine possessions. Next closest, this actually surprised me when I looked at it. Tony Snell has snuck up in there in one lineup. And it's CJ Ant, Snell, Nas, Nance. And it's got a plus 18 rating. And it's their by far, by far, their best defensive rating team uh, metric outside of, uh, or I should say, their best positive defensive rating. While also being positive offensively, by yep. having while also having like good possession data, um, CJ's a great defender. <laughs> it's definitely not the length, the switchability. Yeah. It's definitely not adding Nasir Little uh, into the lineup. <laughs> it's which, definitely not Nas or Larry or Tony or Ann who could switch on so many positions. Which is actually funny because they're like most out of this world lineup data. Um, it's under fifty possessions, but Dame Ant. Uh, Norm, Cove, and Nurkic have 43 possessions together, and it's a plus 55. Oh, wow. They have a 146 offense rating and a 90.9 defensive God, that rating. That is an insane offensive rating. Yeah, that's that's cooking. Um, God. So, but just looking at the raw possession data, you can notice in outside the starting lineup, there's two lineups that are right, right after there. Hmm. Can you tell me, Brandon, what is the uh, what is the the one thing that seems to bind those two lineups together? Um, let me see here, Bob. I'm gonna go with your heartthrob favorite, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm gonna go with the guy that we just debated. Is he the second most important outside of Damian Lillard? Mm-hmm. So you got Anthony Simons, you've got Larry Nance Jr., and you've got Nasir Little. So you've got your two most Athletic players in your rotation, by far, with good wingspans, good athleticism, great athleticism, strength, and mobility. And you've got your small ball center who you kind of joked when I said this the other day uh, before we before we went on. But I'm starting to believe it a little bit. And it's it's not I – don't, I don't mean it to sound like he is that guy. Yeah. But who does Larry Nance Jr. remind me of and what role is he playing on this team? Oh, who did we talk about that? The Draymond role. Oh, that's right, Draymond. He's he, hey, he's Draymond light, and I don't mean skin. I yeah. mean not quite Draymond level because Draymond's a defense player of the year. 
he probably is defensive player of the year, which is insane. Um, yeah, they're, they're those those. Uh, listen, if we want to, I, I should just add the the. the the lineup data from Golden State just to go ahead and shoot this stuff into the let's, sun. Let's not do that. But Come it's, on. It's, we already it's depressed people enough. Bonkers. Tonight. It's bonkers. Um, Kirk says Nurk might be the most defense, worst defensive center in the league. That, that's not true. That's not true at all. Actually, Nurk's, Nurk's defense when he's been engaged is actually, which has been about, with the exception of the Denver game. The Denver game, he was very bad. The yeah. 76er game, he was bad. Otherwise, I'll, I'll, he's been let me tell the Let me tell the audience this, too. I, I listen to sports radio outside of Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk with people outside of Portland. The perception of Yusuf Nurkic outside of this bubble, outside of people who watch him every single night, is quite the opposite of what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a lot of, oh, this that dude's always working hard. That dude is always giving max effort. That dude is a dominant force to be reckoned with when you're talking about the Portland Trailblazers. That guy is having a phenomenal season out west. It's because he's got a career high in field goal percentage and he's averaging a double double. Yeah. But when you've seen the true peaks and valleys of Yusuf Nurkic, you see the valleys and they suck. That's the problem. But, and do not ever use catch all defensive metrics for individual defense. Don't ever do it. It is stupid. It is pointless. It does not make any sense. If you send me a question, about somebody's defensive raptor or defensive rating, I'm just gonna thunk, just shoot it into the sun. Well, that's it, rude. It uh, it does not matter. Do not use it. It just means you were on the floor when when an event occurred. That's all it means. It is void of context. With that said, you can get a gist if every time. Player X is on the floor. A team performs better defensively, significantly better than when they are off. Mm-hmm. And that has been the case with Yusuf Nurkic. On the whole, they are better with him on the floor defensively. And it is why, Brandon, because they are a team full of 6'3 guards and he is a huge human being. He's massive. He <laughs> takes he, he helps them in so many different ways by just being out there. By just being an absolute truck of a human yeah. being. And if you go look at Cleaning the Glass, Nurk's overall rating, he's got 800 possessions. He's a plus 5.2. Offensively, they're not quite as good. They're a 109.9, which is above average. Defensively, they are above league average. They're at 104.6. What mm-hmm. does that tell you? Well, with Nurk on the floor, they are better defensively, regardless of who else is around him. But when you're talking about collective units, if you look at what I've got up here on the screen for those everybody in the chat, the starting lineup is a 108.3. What does that mean? Well, you look at it. Let me resort my filter here. That's in the 26th percentile among yeah. lineups with you know, actual data. The team mm-hmm. as a whole is a 111.3, so they're only just a little bit better. But now you're dropping four, five, six points less per hundred possessions when you're getting into these small ball lineups. Mm-hmm. That is a significant change, and we're seeing it bore out more and more and more across the board. Yeah. And it's because while they have face-planted a few times on this, they're more switchable. And they're they're to 
simplify things, they are trying trying to switch across lineups with with Simons, Snell, Nasir, and Nance. They can do significantly more of. I don't think they necessarily have the quick feet that they need to to do that. But that's neither here nor there. But, but it's better because you've got. With Nurk on the floor, you're typically running out a bunch of small young or small guys who lack defensive prowess. Yep. So everything is dependent on Yusuf Nurkic. Particularly now, because with that extended defense, they no longer have that safety valve waiting to deflect everything at the rim. Which is why, Brandon, why Robert Covington not being on a string and being in the right place at the right time and cheating over and helping because they're dying at the point of attack leads to what shot? Uh, I'm going to go with the open perimeter look. Wide open corner threes, which the Portland Trailblazers are giving up the most, uh, the most, uh, uh, you know, it may have changed because the, the Bulls didn't take a truckload. They did it, but I'm to the point now where like 16 games in, I'm officially done caring what another team's three-point shots are. I'm just going to assume they're going to shoot them. We just know. Let's, let's go ahead and take a look. Just uh, defense shooting frequency. Uh, they are in the 19th percentile. They're allowing almost 11%. Of the total shots are corner threes, so that would make them what twenty seventh in the league. Oh my god! Uh, and they are allowing teams to shoot thirty eight percent from three. Now, three point variance. Uh, I believe the Nuggets, no, the Wizards. The Wizards are one of the like the top five defensive teams in the league right now. Teams are shooting thirty one percent from three on them. Thirty one, thirty eight. That's a massive in season variance. Yep, you will get regression both ways. The Wizards' number will go up. Portland's number should go down. Now, the the noise in this is quality of looks. Over a whole season, if a team is consistently giving up the most wide-open looks, which Portland has been, then it's it gets a little weird. But on the whole, on, on an average contest or closeout data, it should normalize and be somewhere around like 35.5%. So... If you're Portland, that's what you're hoping happens, right? You're praying mm-hmm. that that normalizes. But overall, Portland's team defensive effective field goal percentage is almost 55%. That's 17th percentile. That's 28th in the NBA. That's bad. Yeah. That's bad. How Ain't- surprised are you by the lineup numbers that we've gotten? Uh, in the sense did of, you expect did you expect the lineups to be the different good? lineups? Yeah, some of these lineups to be as good as they are, and some of these lineups to maybe be what they are so far. Not to the extreme poles they've been. Okay. Because I I kind of called out Ant's defensive growth last year, and people laughed at me because they wanted to point to defensive rating and you know Raptor or whatever the crap five thirty eight puts out, and it's like guys that doesn't matter. It, it doesn't like when you notice a guy who couldn't stay in front of somebody or was getting beat back doors, all of a sudden staying in front of people and not getting beat back door. I don't care right. what the defensive rating is. That's right. And the same thing with Nas, like Nas staying down, being physical. Like it turns out that the NBA ruled that his contest on DeMar DeRozan last night was a foul to close the game. The one where he last minute well, report. Yeah. Did he travel though? Uh, I can't remember, but I definitely kind of, he kind of slipped. I, I I did say in real, the dribble got up. You shot, never shot. you never really see that one called like it's. I like, know, but it's you know that's it. That's iffy. Yeah. It's iffy. But 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 when I when I watched that happen live, the uh, 
Nas's. I think my tweet was Nas question mark and then Nas exclamation point because when I watched <laughs> it happen, I was like, oh no, he stepped underneath him. That was my yeah. first thought. Which he was physical with Demar all night long. Which yes, he was. I think even though I think he Nas, wore him down. I, yes, I think there were some tired yeah. legs there, and even though Nas did pick up four fouls, I think Nas just the difference between Nas or CJ leaning on Demar was a huge, pretty significant difference. Yeah. Like, CJ's not going to wear you out. Nas tugging, yanking, pulling, bumping, banging, chipping. It's kind of, it's it's basically what Lonzo was doing today, to be honest yes. with you. Just, it was a longer. Riding him all game long. Riding him, making him earn it, and then just kind of making his life hell. You know, I I still can't believe, looking back to just last night, not to derail the big picture stuff we're mm, doing right now, no, but. No. Caruso and Lonzo were so good last night. Caruso's offense was was bad. His defense no. was unbelievable. His defense was unreal. And if you go look at those Dame CJ numbers, I promise you Chicago thinks they win that game going away with those 100%. final Dame CJ numbers. And yet their injuries and in, in shortfall in the, in the front yeah. court derailed them. I mean, playing Derek Jones Jr. against Yusuf Nurkic in the paint does not help. They just didn't. Well, in Chicago's defense, Nurk has not taken advantage of those matchups in the past. I know, but to me, there's like almost a limit here, right? Like, what is D- is DJ six five six six? He's he? he's six six, almost six seven, but okay, he, six, he, six. he weighs two oh five. Uh, he he weighs one hundred and five. Um, <laughs> like there's a limit to the Nurk like smaller guy thing, right? Like yeah, Draymond- when Nurk's got a solid bill on somebody. Yeah, yeah. Like if 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 Draymond's there, okay. If it's Derek Jones Jr. who Listen, weighs less than my finger, yeah. come on. Yeah, Derek can turn sideways like Calista Flockhart and fall, fall through a crack in the ground. Um, it's like when they had Kate Moss on Family Guy and she would fall through the cracks or be blown out. Yeah, the that, that, it was it was Kate Moss. I thought it was Calista Flockhart. That's yeah. I, those those are the two that I always think of. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just i I looked at that, that game last night and I thought Caruso put CJ in hell on both sides of the floor. I don't think I don't think he did. I know he did. I watched it. It's 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 bad. Um, what was really surprising about CJ, and we'll kind of I'm a little derailed, but who cares? This is the live show. We don't have to stay on topic. Um, CJ getting cooked off the bounce numerous times, straight line without a screen by Alex Caruso, had me screaming things in the TV, <laughs> and not like in anger, but yeah. talking just straight shit. Because how do you get cooked? So you're by... sitting in your living room or your or your your studio right uh-huh. now, and you're watching this game, and you are talking to yourself out loud. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Boy, you you know lunatic. I, I said these things, but you are a psycho, lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Simon's watched like 500 games with me. How he made it through sane is beyond me. Just, I mean, who's to say he did? I mean. He's probably a changed man, and not for the better. Uh, but lineup data-wise, this I think this is probably a, a good transition point. Larry Nance needs needs more minutes. And is he the second for you? You never really said. I think I that. think I'm there. Yeah, which is kind of insane because the, and it's it's not that he's the second best, second most important because of what he does. And you have to have like you look at every team that that is worth a shit. Every team is worth a shit that has you have things that you have to check. And he is the only one on the roster who can consistently check, can be switchable, 
can play in multiple schemes, can play multiple positions, can bang down low, can like legitimately play center, but also can play at the point of attack, be disruptive in the middle of the floor, be anchor a defense and captain a defense, which Nurk has been reluctant to do. When mm-hmm. he does it, I love it. When Nurk is barking at dudes and giving instructions and 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 leading the defense, I love it. I don't think he can do that as actively because he has to concentrate so much because he's stepping above the free throw line. I think that's one of the things that I've always been hesitant of, of, of putting him in a more aggressive scheme. Nance can do that. He also doesn't take shit from anybody, and he will call out everything he sees. Offensively, he's their short role playmaker. He can knock down threes. He can stretch the floor. He is going to keep the ball moving and make the right play. He is the only one on this team that will consistently do those things. And so I, yeah. elevate him. And and this is this is not to bring this down at all, but I think it's kind of the snapshot of why they're eight and eight or how they're eight and eight. Him being that though is a that's kind of the problem though, right? Mm-hmm. Your backup four, backup is, four five is your backup four five is probably your second most important player on your team. There's like four other guys you, paid you know, to you know, be that. You know what that screams? Product um, roster. <laughs> I was gonna say coaching, but uh, I'm just gonna say brought up the roster. Hey, uh, you know, you know what else we saw last night that I think is interesting to kind of follow, and we've mentioned this because we've seen this multiple games now. But last night, like they come back from 20, it becomes a huge talking point. Yeah, Chauncey seems to have taken the Ty Lue method of seeing what sticks. Yeah, I I don't always have a plan. But I'm going to figure that out along the way. I'm willing to, tr- to try some stuff. And we talked about this four or five games ago, right? Mm-hmm. And you said it works to a point. And I, there's you're getting some guys that are a little pissy right now. There's, there's, what? you're getting some guys that are a little pissy right now. There's you no know doubt about it. He's not here to make every single player on that roster happy. And by the way, that's impossible to do in, in this league anyway, yes. full of prima donnas and egos. Which is but- why you don't make seven different promises at the start of the season. Yeah, th- th- there's no doubt about that. Um, that that may be a mistake those, that he learns from going forward. I don't know how many of those promises were just him versus the front office. Oh, him and Neil, 100%. There's, there's, there's no doubt about it. But I, I like it. I do. It's it's clearly something that Terry would be stuck in his ways with rotation things, and, and he would refuse to play certain guys because of experience or lack thereof. Especially after a long period of time because he had seen what works for him right, over whereas, the long haul. You know, there's there's still a long way to go for Chauncey, but I think that is a that's an element. Sixteen, not twenty, not twenty-five. Sixteen games in, I'm willing to say, I like it. I really like it. Like yeah. until this roster gets completely settled and figured out or traded away and and pieces are moved, I like that he's willing to do it and saying, um, I don't need to play CJ for a four minute stretch in the fourth quarter. I I don't care. He's not helping us right now. I'm playing this guy and this guy. Uh, Nurk, hey. You did what you're supposed to do against six five guy, six six guy. Uh, I'm gonna play Larry now, and and you're gonna go to the bench for the rest of the game. Like I just like that he doesn't give a damn, and he's willing to shuffle the deck around. It's gonna be interesting to see if that 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 holds true. It the longer you go into the season, and the more around five hundred you stick. Like if you're yeah. winning and doing it, sure, it's it's easier to stick to. But if he's remaining around 500, I don't think I'm blaming that as the reason why they're 500. No, no. I, I, here's the thing. I'm not going to blame Chauncey unless he, like, does something completely just 
stupid out of left field. He's going to have some stupid games. Like, sure. let's not kid ourselves. But here. as far as like happen. this season, I'm not going to blame him. Yeah. Because I think he was handed a live grenade. Here, you're a new coach, first time coach. Figure this shit out. Where's my forwards? Like, where's my floor stretching big? You gave me a bunch of guards and some dudes who are good players, but they don't fit. There's no modern basketball to this. And that's the thing about, about this roster construction. Like, there's a lot of guys on this team that I like individually. That oh, I would same ne- here. That I would never put together. Ever. I, I Danny, I, I, you know, they're 500. I, th- I, I said it yesterday. I, I think, think they're, they're going to win. They're going to win tomorrow because Philly just wasted their good game against Denver, and it's a back-to-back. I'm trusting the Sixers tomorrow. And that is a brutal, for anybody who doesn't know, Portland to Denver, Denver to Portland, either way, sucks. Because it's always the last flight, and how far away is that damn arena from the airport? Like an hour, an hour and a half? An hour and a half after a game? Oh, God. Fade the Sixers tomorrow. The Blazers are going to win that game. And then I think they're going to beat Sacramento on the road before they go to Golden State. Unless they get, unless they fire Walton ahead of time. I, I don't think they're going to catch him, unfortunately. I think they'll be too early for that, and then that'll happen a couple games later. But um, uh, where was I going with that? Damn I, it, Danny. I derailed you. I'm sorry. You did, you did derail me. I had a really good thought on that, too. Uh, they were going to win five in a row. Well... I think they're, yeah, I think ultimately on this run, they're going to win five. I'm really pissed off at you that you screwed that. I'm sorry. That train of thought was, oh, I was going. The locomotive was I, I'm a, I'm a derailing Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, here's where I was going. So I think they're going to be 11 and 8 going to Golden State. Mm. And even if this thing kind of hovers back to 500, which I've, I've kind of said, I think with this roster, it's going to be win two or three, lose two or three. It, it's going to be a game above or right at 500 to me. But that's the thing is, I know some of that sounds grim or depressing when we talk about it. But my point is, I actually think this roster is not that bad. You're just, and then they're big pieces, but you're a couple moves away, tweaking and adding to the elements <laughs> of, of of the things that we like about this team, yes. right? Like, and that's the frustration. Norm, to play. Norm should be his natural position as the two. We know that. Uh, we know what Larry means to this team. Nas and Ant have been exceptional additions in a way because how many people saw this coming? I don't know, but it's nice to have it. Like you're just a couple pieces away, and you also have Damian Lillard, which is always really nice to have. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations where I think that's that's where the frustration lies is that they aren't a bad team, and I have never said this team is a bad team. I've picked them to win like between forty four and forty nine wins. Like the past five, the past five years, like it's a good team, but that's just it. They're just a good team because they don't fit together. Yeah. So, um, I saw somebody in here say congrats on the two K. I can't remember who it was. Big D, congrats on the two K. Push him. Hey, appreciate it, man. Um, just kind of trying to scroll through the comments here. Uh, Gray Hughes says everyone is praising Chauncey for sitting people and being creative. Would he ever sit Dame the fourth if he was shooting bricks? No. No. <laughs> that's, that's that's what he one. said no to. But here's the thing. That's the one. Pop isn't sitting Tim Duncan. You're not. Well, Phil's not. The problem was that he sat Tim Duncan and it led to Chris Bosh rebounding and kicking out to Ray Allen and they lost. But that wasn't that wasn't because Tim Duncan was not rebounding. It was because he made a tactical error. Well, yeah, I I mean, I. I But that's he's talking about like like Kobe in his prime is not getting sat. 
No, there's just when when you have a Dame, that's the one player you never sit. Like even CJ really is never really gonna get sat. Like just last night was a couple minutes spurt. Yeah. You're not you're not sitting those guys. Dame is a first ballot Hall of Famer. First ballot. He is not getting sat in his prime. No. That, that and doesn't that's not a Chauncey thing. That's not a coach thing. That's an everybody thing. Dame is never getting sat by anybody. Unless he's out of the game, he is playing. No doubt about it. But why not shoot? Why not sit someone shooting poorly when others are hot? Because it, this is not a video game, and th- this is one of those conversations that I always have. To, I always feel like I, I have to be kind of an a hole because we there's two different worlds of like I watched and I played high school basketball and my coach would do this, this, and this, and this. Guess what? Those kids weren't getting paid forty five million dollars. Mm-hmm. People, it doesn't matter if Dan goes zero for twenty. Dame has had the worst start to his career. And you know what people are still doing, Brandon? They are still showing up and paying money to watch Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard Sr. Well, I, you know, I think a lot of it is that. But also, like, we, we talked about this at the beginning of the pod, man. Like, you grow up here, there's a bond. And going to a Blazer game, there's, a, there's an element of fun. And you know, it's something to go do. It's an event. And it's NBA basketballs. It always feels like it's a little special. And... You know, I think a lot of it is Dame, but again, a, a big chunk of it too is just the fan base in general is incredibly loyal and supportive. But even more than that, it's it's like I, I I've seen this sentiment before, of, well, why not just play the hottest hand? I, I don't know. Let's 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 let's, let's take a little bit of analogy here. In your job, if I don't know, one of your producers just got just on a spicy roll is. Dirt sitting out, and your producer taking the mic that day. No, it's not his job. It's not his role. That guy is not being paid to be the guy. He had a great moment, but and you can have moments. You can have Steve Kerr's. Steve Kerr's can take last shots. It's allowed, but Michael Jordan's still on the floor. Michael Jordan's still making that pass. Just saying, like that's 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 the where the line comes across in that regard. You know what we haven't talked about tonight? Speaking of, of uh, quiet guys who like to shoot threes? Hmm. Norman freaking Powell. Norman Powell. I mean, I've, I've talked about Norman Powell. Plenty. We haven't. I didn't get to use my little lower third. Norman Powell, <laughs> is he the best player on the team so far this year? And best can be in a lot of different things. It can be yeah, most that's, consistent. That's such an open-ended productive. interpretation. That, that's why I put it that way. It was just to kind of grind your gears a little bit. Uh, it's, it's a little spicy for my, for my taste to go that far. Like second best was, or second most important was as far as I was willing to go. Here's the thing. The stats don't back me up. The watching the game element doesn't back me up. If you get to put a top 75 player on the court, he is always going to make a lot of guys jobs significantly easier. Mm -hmm. And so even in the, the midst of a slump, even in the midst of an injury and whether he's playing or not, I'm, I'm always in this dude's prime. I'm always going to give Dame that label. Sure. I, I don't, I don't think that's wrong. I'm, and I'm with you. Uh, when I put best player, I was like, yeah, this should be divisive. <laughs> that's kind of what I was going for. I was like, wait, do you think I was going to go and say yes to that? Or? I thought you might. I thought you might go. I, I, I thought about it though. Didn't I sit here and just kind of look because up and 
Damon CJ are both scoring more. They're both assisting more. But Norm, outside of horribly the Toronto game, has been yeah. very good. He's still shooting 49, 44, 82, averaging 17 and 3. Mm-hmm. I had somebody tell me the other day that the, the Trailblazers significantly lost the um, the Gary Trent Norman Powell trade. Actually, I think it might have been Kirk uh, in the comments. And significantly lost? Yeah, and no. Listen, early huh. season Gary Trent Jr. like leading the NBA in steals. That's that's great. Norman Powell's job is to take on primary to to borrow from John Hollinger apex wings to take defensive burdens off guys, not to be. Um, he and probably has the hardest engine. responsibility of the starting lineup. Yes, I would I would agree. And he's do and he's doing it at a spot that's not really his. He's delivering percentage-wise across the board. He is carrying the the flag for the starting lineup right now because the starting lineup has been abysmal. Norman Powell has not been abysmal. He's been very good and very consistent. Yeah. And you look at what he has done and you go and Kirk says Gary Trent Jr. scored 32 points tonight. Cool. What are they asking Gary Trent Jr. to do? Are they asking him to be a volume shooter? Because I saw Norman Powell have some big nights last year for the Raptors and the year before when they asked him to do big things. I saw Norman Powell be a contributor on a finals winning team. Yeah, I I, um, I think that's interesting by Kirk to, to have that opinion. Um, if anything, I, I feel like the trades kind of worked out for both teams. Both teams. And right, like in I both think Gary's where they're at. Gary had some down moments actually uh, last year. Like there were Raptor fans kind of going, "What the hell happened to this guy?" Because he when he, he got kinda, traded, it was bad. Yeah, yeah, but he's come back, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always going to root for Gary. I always thought that was a cool story. To hey, he played for the Blazers. Dad played for the Blazers, but I, I feel like Norm has been just as impactful, um, if not more so, for Portland. The problem with their, you know, results is not Norm based to me. It's it's other circumstances Mm so i find it interesting to have the opinion that toronto won that trade like i I don't know i feel like it's worked out pretty well for both teams i think for both teams they got what they needed and well portland didn't get what they needed they got what they asked for that's that's probably a better way to put it (laughs) that's true (laughs) they they needed a six seven they 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 didn't norm to be the same guy but six seven um, yes, if you wanted Norm to be your two and you made a move, then yeah, you got what you asked for. But they said, hey, you're 6'3", you should be our shooting, our small forward. We'll figure that out. Justin Poole says, uh, do you think CJ gives a damn about all this trade talk? Does he think he's actually getting traded? Uh, he said, congrats on 2000. I love watching every postgame show, even if we get down or Danny. <laughs> I'm so happy that, like, Bummer Brandon does not exist in this form. It's we'll, only down we'll, or Danny. We'll give it a, we'll give it a try. We'll, no, no, you're just a beaver believer. Oh God! Park Rose Prancer. You. The Park Rose Prancer, I can deal with. You can deal the with that Beaver one. Believer thing. I thought it was stupid when I had that. It's even dumber now that I'm old. I'm just gonna. I, I'm. I'm literally just gonna change your your tag on here from at Brandon Sprague to at Beaver Believer. <laughs> just not even tell you. One of these times you're gonna watch a replay and go, "That son of a." <laughs> I'll be believing on Saturday. I want to be the seven wins, baby. Listen, I, I I am as much as I am anti duck. I'm pro Beavers. For all those duck fans in here, yes, I actively root against you. And I like the Beavers more. So there you go. Um, but as far as you and I have talked about this a ton over over the last probably year about whether or not CJ um, gives a damn about the, the uh, trade talks. Do you think the guy that consistently says he gets his respect in the 1st and the 15th cares about trade talks at all? Um, I think the guy that when he's really hot loves to run up the court during a timeout 
and talk about how I'm here. This is my house. Like, I think that guy absolutely cares. And look, let me defend him here because sometimes doing this uh, job or doing like stuff like this, Mm there is a human element of me always lingering that I'm like, you know, I get it. it. It probably sucks to hear that. So I don't blame him at all for caring. But yes, he cares. He, like, he, he does dude, give a damn. He loves to he, look. He clearly loves being here. He just bought all that all that land. He, his family's starting. Like this dude cares, but it's unfortunate because he's the same p- position as the other guy, and it's only taking him yeah. so far. Um, but yeah, to answer that question, yeah, I do think he cares. Yeah, no, he cares. He do I actually think he's getting traded? If Neil O'Shea is fired or removed, yes, yes, I do. If yeah, Neil if that O'Shea happens, is, it will happen. If Neil O'Shea is not, no, I don't. That's the, fundamentally what I come down to. And here's the thing, and this isn't a CJ-specific thing, um, but because he's constantly mentioned, I, 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 I kind of like the fact that he kind of does this whole, like, no, I don't care. I get my respect. and uh, I know What was the, the line he used the other night? He had the, I, I get my respect in the 1st and the 15th, and then I know I'm nice. Yeah. And I'm like, just say you read it, dude. Yeah, Larry Nance Jr. the other night when he was talking about um, the uh, the crowd cheering for him, he was like, "Yeah, no, I heard it. Of course, I heard it. I tell you what, it was rad. Hasn't happened since when I was back in college in Wyoming and I was playing against Christian Wood. Like, but he just he just yeah 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 I heard it. I, I love it when players when they when they like, did you hear the MVP chant? No, no, I didn't hear that." You didn't hear the 20,000 people screaming MVP at you? Like, it's just, it's those kind of things always just, the little things of, of like what players just flat out lie about, even if it's a white lie, it, it always amazes me. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I haven't read that. Really? You're that online. You never read that. None of your homies texted you anything. It's like when LeBron shows up to a, tr- a parade wearing the ultimate warrior t-shirt and he goes, what? I, you know, I didn't know what this meant. My wife brought this t-shirt. I didn't even know. Huh? Yeah. You beat the 73 and I warriors after being down three, one and making NBA history. You just happened to wear the ultimate warrior t-shirt. Like, come on, bro. This league is, is full of so much drama. I'm 79% sure, by the way, unconfirmed, but 79% confident in saying, CJ probably unfollowed me one because he doesn't know me, but he unfollowed me probably because of how many times I would tweet. We need to trade CJ. We need to trade CJ. He's probably like, I don't know who this clown is. I don't care who this clown is. And I'm tired of seeing him trade me from Portland. And the funny thing is, as far as like, I don't, I don't see it. He's liked probably two dozen of my like statistical breakdown tweets about him. And I don't tag him. Oh no. He searches his name. Yeah. Sure. What's funny is. He might like not like the local guys talking about it, but then he'll go on a Bill Simmons pod who who trades him every every week, single every week, week, and then he's like, "Yeah, you're always trading me." And Bill's like, "Ha, it's the NBA, you know, I, I, I it's just, just, just for fun." And CJ, CJ would just play with the game, but then he'll come back locally to local people like, "We should probably trade CJ." And he's like, "Fuck you." Yeah, it gives you the I get my respect in the first and fifteen. I don't care what you think, and it's like. Just have more fun with it, man. Just I don't know. It's, just, it's a stupid tangent to take, but it's it's one of those ones that was I always has been like, what a weird hill to, to die on. Um, I think that was all that I had prepared. 
Dude, that, that's it was a lot. We right? went through. We went through a lot. Yeah, we we are an hour and fifteen minutes in. Let, let me make sure I didn't I didn't get I didn't get anything else. I think that's everything. We did the lineup stuff. We did. In fact, we added things. I think. <laughs> oh no, I did add one more. What? One more. Are you worried about Damian Lillard? No. He's averaging twenty eight and no. four, no. shooting thirty eight, no. twenty eight. No. Okay. If you aren't. Yes. When do you become worried? Yes. No, nothing. No, there's, 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 there's no like. He has to go half a season for me to get like worried, worried. That Danny, I said this when in the in the beginning of us noticing the slump stuff. Like, there's just too much cachet, man. There's too much cachet built up, and I I get it. Numbers don't lie, so I'm not poo pooing the analytics here. Okay. Don't be hey Sprague's anti-analytic guy. I love the analytics. I love being explained the analytics. But uh, even last night, in the midst of a bad shooting night, an off night, as you would call it, compared to what his normal stats are, he was the dude twenty-nine feet away. That's watching big the game-tying shot go in. And if if he's going to be able to do that. And Larry's going to be doing what he's doing. And Norm's being a bulldog. And Nas and Ann are the young guys coming in. You got some other dudes. Yes. If he's getting some help, I'm not worried. And if he has nights where he's off and he's not getting help, that's a roster problem. Like, that's kind of how I am feeling about the Dame stuff. I just think at some point he'll get some more rest once in a while, once in a blue moon. And uh, I just think eventually he'll be he'll, he'll figure this out. Uh, Daniel G uh, donated two bucks and said, go Ducks. Yeah, shout out Daniel G. Listen, that's by the, the way, of... I'm almost more with Duck fan listening than I am with you. You're a monster. Well, because what you do is what a lot of people do, and I actually hate it. You give me the sympathy, like you know, I hate the Ducks. I actually no, kind of no, no. like the Beavers. No, 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 no. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you on this. Okay. Where did I go to high school? Beaverton. Okay. Which was the mascot? Uh. Ben Golliver? Yes, it is. It is the fighting Ben Gollivers, uh, but also the Beavers. Uh, yes. Remind me, where? What kind of team was Oregon State between I don't know 1998 and 2002? Uh, pretty good. Significantly better than the Ducks. By any shape. I don't know about significantly. Really? Which one of those teams was the nationally ranked? Number well, the Ducks one went team. to the Fiesta Bowl the year, or uh, the, yeah, they went to the Fiesta Bowl after Oregon State yeah. won the Fiesta Bowl, and they killed Colorado. And George Reister, who played on that team, still thinks Oregon could have beaten Miami in two thousand one. George Reister's takes are hot, hot. <laughs> George Reister's like, we we would have clobbered that two thousand one Miami team, and I'm like, look, bro, I know I sound biased saying the Beavs should have played for the title in two thousand. That is an insane, insane. take. Yeah, that they, Miami team was loaded. That Oregon State team had better athletes than Oregon did at that point. Absolutely. I mean, and they would have gotten killed too. Yes. Like it's but Agreed. my original point is I am a I before I was a USC guy, like die hard. I was a split USC. I'm from LA. My friends and family went to USC. Oregon State and Oregon State. Of the Beaver thing. Because yeah. like if I wanted to go get like some orange and black clothes, what was I going to get? Sure. And it was a dope team. You had 
Chad Johnson. You had so Steven Jackson. Yes. Like, those Dennis Erickson teams, Ken Simonton. Like there were there was some juice on those teams, man. I so Steven I Jackson, a unit, baby. I mean that whoosh. Like there was there were dudes on that team. Uh, I went to high school with Swancut. Like, mm. or not, you know, with, but I played against him, you know? Right, so right, like, right. I was like, one of those things like, oh yeah, it's, it's cool to see him, you know, do big things and go in the league. Like, so it's just one of those things where I was just like, I, 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 I have genuine love for the Beavers. When USC up or when Oregon State upset USC in 2008, Greg Laybourne is a guy I went to high school with, made the final interception and it was a soul crushing play. So what about 2006? Also a soul crushing play. What about 2021? That was devastating. <laughs> I texted. I'm just doing what one. I can to get yeah, you to no, start no. hating them. <laughs> Not gonna work. I, I, just, I, can't, I can't hate them like I do Oregon. The fighting condoms, baby. The fighting <laughs> condoms. <laughs> but um, so you're not worried. So, are you? Uh, not worried, but I'm. I'm. I'm worried about relying. If he can get healthy. Yeah, and relying yeah. on the other guys for a significant portion and ratcheting up what you need from them that maybe takes from the tank that's you know fair i mean like yeah there are very few players in the league where you get like an unlimited like yes amount of stuff from dame when yeah. he's healthy is that guy like it's like he just has the juice all season long cj has spurts of like holy shit this guy is a scorer shooters get hot defensive mm-hmm. players get into groove superstars they just it just it becomes a lot and so I wonder how long it can go. So speaking of how long ago, we went an hour and 20 tonight and Brandon is fading. I had, a, I did honestly have like a one minute thing where I kept my, everything was normal, but internally I was like, don't fall asleep. Do not fall asleep right now. Wake up. You stupid idiot. Wake up. But I couldn't, I couldn't stop talking. I, I, I love talking about all this stuff. I mean, you do get paid for it, and so do I. So, It's great. Uh, thank you all so, so, so very much. James Barker uh, tipped in and said, stop with the football cap. We ain't here for that. Hey, listen, man. It's a live show. Anything goes. That's how, that's Damn, how these go. Anti-football. Wow. Yeah, not I mean, only that, we just spent like an hour and 18 minutes doing basketball. The three minutes we did, like, ragging. Look, I work in sports radio, too. It is rare to find somebody like that guy yeah. that's like, hey, don't talk about football. Give me my I'm basketball like, content now. Usually, if I'm like, hey, guys, do you want to talk about the depth and the rotation of the Blazers? It's like text. No. Shut up. Football. 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 I'm like, oh. Okay. Just nothing but football emojis and grunting. All right. All right. <laughs> um, thank you all so, 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 so very much for getting us to 2000. It has been a massive, massive deal. And Justin says I have one more other super chat. Let me see. Uh, let me make sure. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed it. Ben, ben Simmons, I don't think, would, would stay and it could pull what he did in Philly and we do not need more drama. Do you think it's possible to get Draymond at all? Not now. The Warriors are killing No, he, wa- he doesn't want to leave. Not now. Not this year. Um, nope. Had the Warriors... I don't think he'll want to leave if they win this year. I think he'd want to run well, it back. If they if they win a title this year, I think you might, you might be able to do that. But if Clay comes back and looks good... Yeah, but Draymond, on, man, much that like, court. but Draymond might be like Dame and like, I wonder what it's like elsewhere. But that core, man, they've been together so long. You're having fun. Just, like, just I know, I know, I know. The Dame thing is real, but I, I just don't know. It, it is what it is. 
Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. You can find us across all podcast platforms. As much as we're growing here on YouTube, we also want to continue growing on the podcast. Um, it is growing tremendously on the podcast side, faster than uh, even this that I expected. So uh, thank you all so, so, so very much for that. Uh, I am in the midst of signing the contract stuff for the live show program that we're putting into this for the live watch parties. Um, so, uh, I will have something on here that on the next couple of days. And then I will roll out the memberships behind that. Um, uh, in the meantime, if you guys think of things that you want kind of like built into the membership, like we'll have like a members only live Q and a, so it'll be a little bit smaller, a little bit more personal back and forth kind of stuff. Um, one of the things I've talked about and Brandon and I have talked about is maybe bringing some live call in type stuff. I, I do have the capacity to do that and we could do that in the live shows. So, um, that's one of the things I'm thinking about working. If that's what you want, let me know. If there's other things you want, let me know. And uh, I'll, I'll do what I can to work it in because I want this to be a community. I want people to be involved. So like, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you find podcasts available. Again, if you're here and you haven't subscribed here to YouTube, please subscribe. Help us grow. We're at 2,000. Next goal, 2,500. After that, 3,000. You get you get, yeah, you get the picture. On social media, at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague, at Jack Ramsey's and Jack Ramsey's at gmail.com for the mailbag questions or just general stuff. Uh, we're, so we're fading Philly tomorrow or Friday? I'm um, fading the living hell out of God. Philly. They, they wasted their bullet in Denver tonight. That'll happen. Yep. You, you never want to waste Five it. in a row. You heard it here. Five in a row. Uh, Hubber Snacks wants to know if the uh, membership comes with a commemorative NFT. I, I actually might do that. Just for don't know what that is. <sighs> we'll just call it a video game thing and you'll figure it out. Mm, now if the, there's a joystick. <laughs> the NFT is going to be a picture of a joystick now. Give me uh, an A and a B button. <laughs> game also says no live calls. So uh, listen, guys, I, I'm just going to try to make things happen. Live calls can be risky, my brother. Let me tell you listen, right now. Listen, there's radio, a 30-second like, delay. There's a 30-second delay, okay? Yeah, well, sometimes 30 seconds is enough. We're going to Stephen Gresham. Steve, how you feeling? Let me just start. I'm not racist. Oh, no. <laughs> Boop! <laughs> Thank you all so very much. We're going to go tuck uh, Mr. Uh, Beaver Believer into bed and uh, make sure you catch him tomorrow morning on 1080. Dirt and Sprague, 6 to 9 in the morning uh, for Friday, and then we will get you guys ready for Saturday's game on the pregame. Uh, I'm I'm efforting a Philadelphia um, guest who I think uh, oh, they play the Sixers on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. I have to rethink my position. That's why I was asking one. why I you thought it was sure a back to back. Yeah, no. I had a meringue moment. Yeah, no, dude. Listen, I I did the same thing. Everybody in the chat's like, it's Saturday, it's Saturday, it's Saturday. I know. I, I, I said you. it was Saturday. Listen, I'm sorry. On. This is my fault. I'm sorry. Um, it's late. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. It's like I said, it's past his bedtime. So. Um, <laughs> Y'all take care. Have a wonderful night. Thank you all so, 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 so very much again for helping us grow this channel, grow in this community. It has been absolutely massive. So uh, legitimately from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I, I appreciate it. Uh, Y'all take care. We'll talk soon. We'll catch you on Saturday. Uh, free and post for Philadelphia. Take care. And Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.